Join us now for the Jackson Nash Mysteries, written by Beth Milligan, where Jackson gets mixed up in the seedy underbelly lurking in Asheville's dark side in Episode 4, The Mystery at 877 Oak Ridge. November 25th, 1991, Asheville. Dear Kevin, you know, some old stuff came back. Stuff I don't like to think about. Stuff about my mother and why she was depressed and distant for so long. When you grow up, you try to move away from your past, but it only takes a moment for the memories to come flooding back. I was happy to be on my regular route again. I'm a letter carrier for the Asheville Post Office. The week before, I had filled in for Sam and done the business district. Now I was back on my old route. I headed down Ash to Emma, took a left on Bloom, and walked up the pathway to 725, Miss McDonald's house. Miss McDonald's pathway was covered with a thin coat of frost. Her petunias had long ago been put to bed. She had taken to offering me a cup of tea every day, so I knocked on the door, anticipating a nice hot beverage. She came to the door with curlers in her hair. She wore a pink silk robe and pink slippers. Oh, I'm sorry, my dear. I'm getting ready for the ladies' auxiliary luncheon today. But I haven't forgotten you. I made you some peppermint tea to go. Come around Monday. We'll have a proper tea then. I thanked her for the thermos of tea and continued on my way down Bloom to Prince and headed towards Princess. I stopped at the Faubert Gallery and my friend Chris gave me a tour of the new show on the walls featuring various bowls of fruit. I dropped off a couple of packages, and then I was on my way towards Oak Ridge. I was heading south on Oak Ridge when I came to 877, the small two-story wartime house with its front door wide open. If it had been the middle of July, I wouldn't have thought anything of it, but it was the middle of November, and there was frost on the ground. I tucked a couple of letters in the mailbox, and stuck my head through the door. Hello? Hello? Anyone home? I went in. I walked down the hall past the dining room on the left that led to the kitchen. There was nobody there. I turned right and glanced into the living room. I saw a broken glass table. Shards of glass covered the floor. And and that's when I saw her. A woman stretched out on the floor. Her skin tinged blue. She was in her thirties, I guess, wearing pajamas and a housecoat. Her eyes looked up at me, unseeing. And that's when I noticed. I wondered how long she'd been pregnant. I went back into the kitchen. There was a phone on the wall. I needed to call Bug, Inspector Wesley. She's a cop. She's my cousin. I picked up the receiver and nothing. There was no dial tone. I was about to go next door when... I hurried up the stairs, and to the right of the stairway I saw a door. It was closed. There was a sign. It said, Maggie's room. There was a latch across the top of the door. I heard the cry again. I unlatched the door and swung it open. Maggie? Maggie, are you here? My name's Jackson. I deliver your mommy's mail. I heard some sobbing from the closet. And when I opened it, there was a child of about five years old. She was clutching what I knew was a Care Bear. 
My name's Jackson. We need to go next door and use the telephone. Will you come with me? The girl nodded her head. You can bring your Care Bear with you. I took her hand and led her down the stairs and out the front door. I couldn't help feeling sorry for this little girl. So scared and so small. She had no idea how much her life had just changed. So you found her on the living room floor? Please tell me you didn't touch anything. Just the phone. In the kitchen. It was dead. And then I heard Maggie crying. And that's when you went upstairs? Yes. I brought her to the neighbor's house and called you. And you found her in a closet? In a locked room? Yeah. So we've got two possibilities. Either the mother locked her in the room to protect her, or the murderer did. My guess is that this is not a random killing. If it had been a random killing, the murderer wouldn't care where the child was. Care was taken to protect this child from the horrid atrocity that was happening downstairs. The murderer would be known to the family. That narrows things down. You didn't ask Maggie any questions, did you? No, I just explained who I was. Good, because we're going to have to interview the child. I'm going to round up a list of suspects. You're a keen observer. I want you to go back to the crime scene and have a look around. Will do, boss. Will do. I made my way back to 877 Oak Ridge and poked around the house. I checked the back door. It was locked. The front door was now closed, but no one had thought to lock it. I stepped inside. I checked the dining room and the kitchen, but nothing seemed out of place. I turned and glanced into the living room. The shards of glass were still there, but the body had been removed. All I could think about was her blank, vacant stare looking up at me. I shivered as I headed down the hall to the basement door. It had been left open. I headed downstairs. There was a window above the washing machine. It was open halfway. Perhaps the murderer had entered through the window and cut the phone line before going upstairs. Nothing else in the basement seemed out of place. I went back upstairs and made my way up to the second floor. I walked past Maggie's room and into the master bedroom. The dresser drawers were open, their contents dumped onto the floor. Either the police hadn't been careful, or the murderer had been looking for something. Hey, you tiger. Hey, Liz. These are for you. They're gorgeous. Yellow sweetheart roses and daisies. My favorite. Thank you. Now, what did you do? Nothing. I just wanted to bring you some flowers. I was thinking about the fragility of life. How fleeting it can be. I just wanted to show you I care. So, what made you so philosophical? I was on my route this morning and I came across a body. Again? A woman about our age. She'd been murdered. She had a child and another one on the way. Oh, Jackson. That's awful. Do they know who did it? Not yet. Bugs looking into it. Are you going to help her out? Yeah, I'm heading over to Bugs to find out what she knows. It's Friday. How about we rent a movie later to get your mind off things? I'll swing by the video store on my way home from work. How about the Terminator? Sure. Why not? Thanks for the flowers, Jackson. Oh, Jackson, I didn't see you there. 
Hey, Bug. What can I do for you, Jackson? Do you have that list of suspects? Yeah, I do. Have a seat. The victim's name was Peggy. Peggy Blackwell. She had a close group of friends that go back to her teenage years. And they all knew her boyfriend as well, Dan Henderson. We've got, let's see, um, Rod McKenzie, who goes by the name of Raven. Ella Jasper. Tracy Greenwood. And there's Dan's brother, Fred. My plan is to talk to Tracy and Ella to get some background on Peggy before I talk to Dan and his brother. Do you want to come along? If you think I can help. Come on, let's go. I climbed into Bug's squad car and she drove to Tracy's apartment on Princess. Bug had arranged for Ella to be there. The building was a four-story walk-up. Tracy's apartment was on the third floor. She graciously invited us in and offered us coffee as we settled in the living room. It was strong. It was cold. It tasted like it had been sitting around all day. How's the coffee? <clears throat> it's great. Ella, how long have you and Tracy known Peggy Blackwell? We've known her since grade nine. And Raven? And Dan? We've known them since grade nine as well. You know, Peggy, she's... I mean, she was such a kind-hearted woman. She was too good for Dan Henderson. She put up with a whole lot of bullshit. Like what? Dan and Fred were into some bad stuff. Hot wearing cars, taking them for joy rides. Raven, he stopped getting mixed up with that kind of stuff after he spent some time on the inside. You mean prison? Yeah, but Dan was different. He was cocky. He thought that he'd never get caught. Did Peggy know about all this? Yeah, she was kind of on the fringe of it. Less so when she and Dan had Maggie. But Dan, he'd run around on her and he had a bit of a temper. Fred had a temper too. What about Raven? Did he have a temper? For a big guy, he's always been a softie. With us, anyway. Raven had a thing for Peggy. Peggy had a thing for Raven, too. In fact, they were going to have a baby. So Raven's the father? Yeah. Did anyone else know? Not that I know of. Would Dan, Fred, or Raven have any reason to hurt Peggy? Not Raven. Like I said before, he's a softie. He's really cleaned himself up since he got out of prison. Well, what about Dan and Fred? I don't know. Peggy knew about some of their criminal activities, but I don't know if she knew enough to be killed for it. Thanks for your time. I'm sorry for your loss. If I have any more questions, I'll be in touch. Bug and I slipped out the back of the apartment building and climbed into her cruiser. So where to now, Inspector? Now we're going to pay a visit to Raven. He works at the SO on Glendale. Do you think that he did it? I don't think so, but he might have information about Dan or Fred. Put on your seatbelt, Jackson. We're in a cop car. Okay, boss. Thanks for taking the time to speak with us, Mr. McKenzie. Call me Raven. I can see that the pumps are busy. People know us for great service. How long have you been working here? Five years. Got myself a good life now. I don't want to go back to being the guy that I was before. How long have you known Dan and Fred? I've known them since we were young. I grew up with them. They were like brothers to me. We got into some pretty messed up shit way back then. You do that when you're kids. But like I said, I've served my time and I'm on a good path now. So the three of you engaged in criminal activity? Yeah, but like I said, I'm not that man anymore. How did you meet Peggy? Dan met her in grade nine. We all started hanging out together. Tracy, Ella, Dan, Fred, and Peggy. We were like a small family. How well did you know Peggy? <laughs> she was going to be mother of my child, so 
Yeah, I knew her well. Did anyone else know that you were the father? The girls knew, but I don't know about Dan or Fred. Did Dan have a temper? Yeah, when he was young, he was a scrawny little thing, but when he latched onto something, he wouldn't let it go. We called him the pit bull. Did Fred have a temper? Yeah, he could be pretty hot-headed, but Fred, man, he's got brains. You know, this has torn me up. I really loved her, you know. I'm sorry for your loss. Ah, oh, well. Thanks for your time. Hey, you there, Tiger. I got us a movie and some of that popcorn that's greasy as hell. From Blockbuster? From Blockbuster. Liz and I cuddled on the couch eating greasy popcorn. The movie was about this guy named Reese and this woman called Sarah. I kept looking at Liz and I could see that she was engrossed in the movie. I was having trouble concentrating. I was finding it disturbing that this Terminator guy was going after all these women. My mind flashed back to the pregnant woman on the floor. Glass glinting, her eyes staring blankly. I thought of my mother just lying there in bed, too depressed to get out of it. All of a sudden, I started to cry. I just couldn't help myself. Liz paused the movie alarmed. Jackson? Jackson, what's wrong? There's just some old stuff coming back. It's been an emotional day. I'm sorry. I don't want to ruin our evening. Hey, Jackson, look at me. If you're upset, that's okay. It's just that... This movie... It's bothering me. Okay. We don't have to watch it. What is it, Jackson? What's upsetting you? The character, Sarah. She has to give birth to her son. To John. Because... He's going to save the world, and the, the Terminator just keeps on trying to kill her. And the woman on the floor, Peggy, pregnant and dead, it's, it's, it's really heavy. And it, it brings up stuff from my past. Like what? My mother had a miscarriage when I was eight, and she just pulled away after that. She was either lying on the couch or, or lying in bed. It wrecked her. And I just can't help but think of Maggie. <laughs> the poor little girl who's, who's lost her mom. It, it just brings up stuff, you know? Let's forget about the movie. Let's play Crazy Eights. I woke up to the smell of bacon and eggs, and I could hear Liz humming in the kitchen. She presented me with a large breakfast and some coffee before I headed out the door and down to the police station. You look tired. Rough night. Well, thanks for coming down. I know it's your day off. No problem. What you got? Well, after you left yesterday, Inspector Gildan and I interviewed little Maggie, and we came up with some interesting things. I'll read from the transcript. Gildan asks, who put you in your room? And Maggie answers, beastly. Gildan asks, who's beastly? Maggie answers, the man, beastly. Gilton asks, and where was your mommy? Maggie answers, Screechy was so loud and Beastly was so mad. Mommy went to heaven. So she knew her mother was dead? Yeah, children can be very perceptive. So, 
Who's screechy? Who's beastly? That's what we're going to find out. Bug wanted to make a visit to Dan Henderson, but first we stopped at Tim Hortons for some coffee and donuts, and then we made our way to Dan's basement apartment. We took a flight of stairs down into a hall covered with a grungy orange carpet. TVs were blaring from most of the doors. Dogs barked behind others. We walk up to apartment B5 and Bug knocked on the door. All right, I'm coming, I'm coming. Who the hell are you? I'm Inspector Wesley from the Asheville Police Department and this is my associate. We'd like to ask you a few questions about Peggy. He begrudgingly let us in, muttering profanities I won't dare to repeat. He cleared off the couch with one foul sweep of his arm. Hockey cards, cassette tapes, and a boombox went crashing on the floor. So, what do you want to know? I didn't kill her or nothing. How long did you know Peggy? Since we were 14, 15, I don't know. When was the last time you saw her? Thursday, I think, around 10 o'clock. In the morning or at night? At night. I watched Maggie while Peggy ran to the corner store. Were you getting along or were you fighting? Nah, nah. Everything was fine. She came home and I left. Did you know about the pregnancy? Did I know she was knocked up? She was as big as a house. Were you aware that Raven was the father? He went all bug-eyed and his face went red. His cheeks puffed out and he looked like he wanted to take a swing. A bug? Or at me? Yeah, I knew. That son of a bitch. How did you find out? All right, all right, all right. So we did have a fight. She told me that the baby wasn't mine, and I said, whose is it? And she said it was Raven's, and oh man, I lost it, screaming, yelling. But I swear, I didn't touch her. Are you sure? I wouldn't do that. Where was Maggie? She was up in her bed. Did you lock her in her room? No. Did Peggy? Not while I was there. Have you ever heard of anyone named Beastly? Sure. He's one of the bad guys in the Care Bears. Maggie watches it all the time with my brother when he comes to look after her. That's what she calls him. Beastly. She calls your brother Beastly? Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Henderson. You've been a great help. We'll see ourselves out. Bug didn't say a word as we walked to the car. The wheels were turning in her head. She got like this. Even when we were kids. All quiet and just thinking, thinking, thinking. So, it was the brother. Dan must have told him about the baby. Come on, partner. We're off to see Beastly. So, uh, you were telling me about Dan's brother. It didn't take Fred long to confess. He said that his brother didn't have the guts to deal with it, so he dealt with it himself. He crawled through the basement window and cut the phone line, knowing full well how to do that, because he worked for Bell Canada. Peggy came downstairs because she heard a noise. There was a struggle, and he strangled her. He strangled her with his bare hands. Oh, that's Awful, dear. There's way too much crime in this town. Now, be a love and pass me those biscuits. You've been listening to Episode 4 of the Jackson Nash Mysteries. 
The Mystery at 877 Oak Ridge, with the voices of J.P. Harvey as Jackson Nash, Rebecca House as Liz, Catherine Dahmer as Miss McDonald, Christine Leggett as Inspector Wesley, Rachel Lee as Tracy, Rhea Williams as Ella, Ryan Denier as Raven, and Toby Farrell as Dan. Jerry Freyberg was your announcer, and the music was composed by Aiden Coots. I'm Beth Milligan. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for Episode 5, The Mystery of the Bleeding Heart.